Welcome to Otani Comes to America, a show about Shohei Otani. I'm Jack. And I'm Kev. And this is the 2019 season finale. So sad when it's over, man. (laughs) I feel like it flew by pretty fast. Yeah. I mean, maybe it was weirder because at least last season we were like doing a lot of recaps and maybe... Yeah, like every week. It just felt like a lot. And this time, I guess we only did like six episodes or so and... Maybe that had something to do with it, but yeah, I don't know. It did feel like it went by super fast. Let's start off with some recent updates. So last episode, which was like a few weeks ago, we talked about the news of his surgery. This one was much more minor. It's like a knee surgery on condition he had since he was young, but he didn't feel pain until recently. You can go listen to that episode if you want to hear more, but basically it didn't really set off his return for next spring as a two-way player so and it went well so he seems to be good yeah I mean apparently after the surgery he says he feels good but we know that's what Otani's gonna say regardless he could be in so much pain right now but (laughs) you know damn well he's gonna say I'm feeling good and I'll be ready for next year but I mean we did know even before the surgery like you said that it wasn't as big and man I'm gonna be so mad if next year he can't pitch because of a knee problem that would be like the know. arm is all good, but now it's the knee. I don't even. I don't want to go yeah, to a not, negative side. Let's not think about that. <laughs> that would be awful. And supposedly, also, not that we didn't necessarily know this at the time, but they specifically said if he wanted to, he could have played the rest of the season, like mm-hmm. it was manageable. But I think for them and for him too, is like a precaution. Like, why not just do it now? And also, I'm sure they want to hit a certain timetable. Which, again, we talked about, like, trying to get done by the end of the calendar year for, like, a certain thing and then some rest before spring training, etc. But, yeah, basically, just in terms of the intensity of the injury, he could have kept playing, but he wanted to get it handled. Yeah, and I feel like we mentioned it even last episode where this injury wasn't really about how hurt he was playing right now. I think it was more, like, a precaution for the future and his Tommy John surgery, because some reports say that probably around December, maybe even January, he could be 100% when it comes to his throwing arm, which is insanely good news, at least for us. And already on the 25th, a few days ago in September, he started some throwing, so it's beginning already. But yeah, I mean, so let's take a step back, look at the season overall. So... I guess we'll just kind of trade off going through some of the notable dates. So I'll just start it off that he missed the beginning of the season, like the first five weeks rehabbing Mm -hmm. still from the Tommy John surgery we were talking about. And again, it was a little bit of a precaution thing just to play it safe. But yeah, he came back after that. Yeah, I mean, very soon after that, we got Robotani, I believe is <laughs> we were calling him. But he came back to the lineup on May 7th, made his return, batting behind the greatest, Mike Trout, you know. Mm-hmm. Not everyone can say that. And got his first RBI that game. Yeah, and then we skip ahead about a month. Otani faces Yusei Kikuchi. I was going to say the god. <laughs> the young prodigy. That's better. <laughs> On June 8th, for the first time, we did a whole episode on that, if you want to hear it, and Otani won that first round, so Kikuchi got destroyed by the whole Angels. He got demolished, like, 
no other. It was almost disrespectful. Otani had to show him who's king around here, so why not? Yeah, and for people who don't know, just briefly, they're both from Japan, both from like the same island, went to the same high school. They were never like teammates, but they were like right back to back, and there's a bunch of connections, but yeah, that's the basics of it. Then we're going to fast forward to June 13th, where Otani became the first Japanese-born player and the third pitcher ever to hit for the cycle, which is crazy. Again, we mentioned it before, and I'm, like, amazed that Ichiro didn't get this first. Yeah, and non-baseball fans, it's when you get single, double, triple, and home run all in the same game. Yeah, doesn't sound that hard, but trust me, it is. Yeah. (laughs) And a little connection... To Otani cycle, the next day, Jake Bauer actually hit for the cycle too. And like I just said, this is really rare. You see maybe two or three a year. And together, they became the first major leaguers to hit for the cycle in back-to-back days. But then July 1st, sad news that we've covered extensively of Tyler Skaggs passing away, which obviously had a big impact on the Angels all season. And, you know, Otani is like a pretty reserved guy, so he does make comments to the media, but we're not going to know the full extent of how that affected him personally. But I'm sure just like everyone else, he took it to heart. And also maybe even more like in the sense that for him coming from Japan, all his teammates are even more like his family because his family is back in Japan, you know, Mm -hmm. like he is Ipe and the guys and that's his fam. So to lose one of those, I'm sure made an impact. For sure. A rough moment in every major leaguer's life, but for sure, really tough for the Angels. Then we go to July 5th. Everyone knows what that day is. Otani's B-Day, where he not only gets to celebrate, eat some cake, sing a song, well, he also hits a dinger against Justin Verlander, who's very likely to win Cy Young this year. And that was his 25th birthday for those who don't know. So got a nice career ahead of him. And then speaking of pitchers on July 12th, that was the game after the All-Star break where mm-hmm. the Angels came back and it was their first home game after Tether Skaggs' death. Mm-hmm very historical emotional game where the angels threw a combined no hitter there were all sorts of crazy number connections you can listen to our episode on that if you want to hear more but i mean arguably the game of the season for all of baseball yeah i mean the game was literally a movie yeah cut it up into pieces and put music behind it and it's a movie easily the game of the year do they still do those like 30 for 30 documentaries they do. They need to make one on that for sure. Seriously, like I could see that being on TV next year on July 12th or something. Yeah, damn. Put it into the <laughs> air. <laughs> then we go to September 7th where Otani breaks another Japanese-born player record like he's doing literally every other day. He gets five RBIs and a stolen base in one game. That means he's getting the ribbies, which, you know, RBIs, but... It's also warming up the hot wheels. Not everyone does that. Only maybe Ronald Acuna or something. Who should have got 40-40 this year, but SMH. The wheels weren't hot enough. (laughs) But yeah, that would have been dope to see for sure. And then September 11th, Otani hits his hardest home run to date. And then the next day, 
we find out about the knee surgery, which came out of nowhere. So that was September 12th. It's like, yo, I need to, I need to put on a show because I'm going to be out of baseball for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, he's two for two in these situations, so I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah, and then just looking at his stats for the year in general, he started off pretty well. He still did decent towards like the second half, although he only hit four home runs in 53 of those games in the second half. Mm-hmm. We're used to seeing him hit more dingers, so it's not necessarily like a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Like his average was still good, but it's worth at least like noting and pointing out. I don't know how familiar you are to his stats last season. Want to try to compare him or Damn. guess where the numbers are? Uh, okay. This year he played 106 games. How many do you think he played last year? Well, let's see. I mean, he stayed in through the end of the year, but he also mm-hmm. missed all that time in June. Mm-hmm. I would say like 115. Damn. It's actually less. Damn. <laughs> so this year, 106. Last year, 104. Wow. Not by much. So now you know that it's very close yeah, it's like the same to the thing. same. So let's try another one. All right. How many hits do you think he got last year? This year, he got 110. I would say, damn, this is hard. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just say 95. Damn, that was, yeah, that was impressive. It was 93. Shit. Pretty, pretty close. <laughs> I guess I'll do one more. I could do plenty, but <laughs> this year he hit for 286. How much did he hit for last year? I'm going to say like 294. Actually, 285. So point of it is pretty consistent and similar seasons. What about home runs, though? You want to guess? Because I saw like this year he had 18, but I wasn't looking at last year's stats. Um, Rookie of the year. <laughs> I know he hit more last year, or at least I want to say that. Just a little bit. 22? Damn, on the head. Yep, 22. Shit. Maybe I had like had that in my brain from like saying it on the show before. Yeah, so last year he actually hit a couple of more home runs in a few less games, but this year had a couple more triples that could have easily been home runs, and same thing with doubles. So it's one of those where like the stat... Yeah, it looks a little off, but literally, like, you could tell with the average, is almost identical. Like, we still have the good offensive Otani. Speaking of those triples also, do you think next year will be the first time we see an inside-the-park home run from Mr. Hot Wheels? Dude, those are tough. Yeah, so rare. You have to play, like, in very specific ballparks. Like, that doesn't just happen anywhere. Like, it be really rare for it to happen in anaheim because yeah you don't have those deep corners yeah, of the outfield it happens like in comerica which is where detroit play and that shit is like 420 down center could happen i don't know if it's next year though it's one of those where like you just have to get lucky we could see one like in two or three years but i don't know if i'd put money down on next year being the year i mean would you say that this was a successful season overall like, in your opinion? Also considering, of course, like, that he was coming back from Tommy John, even though that doesn't really affect hitting and that's all he was doing this season, but, yeah, just in general. I'm going to say yes. We were literally just talking about, like, the consistency is there. You can't get mad at what he made. I thought that his power numbers were probably going to be a little higher, 
Like, I thought his average would probably go down a few points, and he'd have, like, five or so more home runs, especially this year with the whole juice ball and everyone just hitting dingers left and right. Allegedly. Yeah, don't quote me. <laughs> I'm good, Rob Manfred. But he also would have got more if he hadn't had that home run slump in the second half. Yeah, that's right. This might be the first time we see Otani go through a major slump like that. And it wasn't even all that bad. Like, he was still getting his singles and doubles. He even had his longest hitting streak right. to date. Just the power wasn't there, which was strange, since he is like a line drive and fly ball hitter. But it wasn't like he was hitting 100 or something like that. He was still there. So we know that he's able to stay in at-bats and hit his singles when he has to. Do you think that the knee thing that he got the surgery for whether he realized or not was like impacting his power for sure even if he doesn't think so like knee is a major part I mean anyone that knows baseball or watches it a lot of the power comes from the legs so even if you didn't feel much pain you were probably just like not putting as much power on it as much weight on it and that could for sure be the difference between a double and a home run yeah, and he said he was feeling stuff, or he was aware of it, slash it was happening since the beginning of this season. So, like you said, like even if he didn't realize maybe he was putting less pressure on it, maybe his body just instinctually was doing it, and he didn't fully realize it 100%, but who knows. And so, like I had said, I think in maybe the June episode we did, that... I feel like he was going to heat up in -hmm. the summer, like July, August. And I think maybe what happened, this is just our theories, but I feel like maybe what happened is that with the knee thing, instead of like you get used to a season, get in the groove, do even better for him, the knee thing was like the more he played on it, the more of a thing it became, and obviously eventually led to surgery. So maybe that had an impact, but again, just speculation. I mean, yeah, he would probably agree with you a bit. There were some reports from September 24th, just Otani addressing the media and whatnot, where he said that he felt like the season could have been a lot better. Of course, Otani's going to say that, you know, (laughs) the boy's trying to be MVP every season. Hashtag harshest critic is myself. He believed he had the struggles. Like we just mentioned, he went through a little drought. He believes that his numbers have probably been a lot higher, but not just his numbers. He also said that like right after the All-Star break, which is completely true, the Angels were looking decent. like For the wild card. Yeah, possible playoff team. And it all quickly went downhill, sadly. But yeah, not just Otani, but I'm sure all the players notice. Like Once you lose one game and then another one, morale goes down, numbers start to go down. Maybe that's when the power numbers started to go down. Just things don't work out. And yeah, I could probably say that Otani was kind of disappointed with the season. Or at least it sounds like it. Yeah, I mean, with that stretch specifically, he said... Like when he was talking about struggling just as that was happening after the All-Star break and them having a chance, he even said specifically, I couldn't really help the team win. Like at that time, it kind of killed our postseason chances. Mm -hmm. So he's basically putting all the blame on himself. And that's excessive, I think. Mm -hmm. But again, it's just like who he is. Like, And it's not like a bad mindset. 
he also shouldn't be too hard on himself because there's many other factors besides him. Yeah, I mean, literally have the best player in baseball on your team putting up MVP numbers, <laughs> and that's still not fully helping you get the W because there's way bigger problems than just one or two bats. So, yeah, I wouldn't be that hard on myself if I was Otani, but, again, it is his mentality and how he plays, which is understandable. I guess it's also, and this is, like, in general, too, the rookie season, the first season, there's so much, like, pressure and weight on it. That is true. It was, like, a lot of hype and all the Babe Ruth and the Phenom and the whole thing. And, I mean, I guess this year, like, we knew he was going to play, and we also knew he wasn't going to pitch. So maybe it didn't feel as special, but right. maybe we'll get something, like, similar to what we had in the first year when it comes to the hype and excitement. For next year, you mean? Yeah, because we're going to get the two-way Otani that we... No one love, you know? Do you think, like, the hype will be as high or more high because he's been in the majors for a while and he's, like, used to it to a degree? I won't say they will be as high only because everyone knows that he's coming from this crazy surgery that many don't even... Well, really, two surgeries now, but yeah. <laughs> two, yeah, exactly. But, you know, the Tommy John, which is the way more serious one that right. some pitchers don't even come back from. Yeah, so everyone's, like, skeptical. Yeah, so they're going to give him a little bit more, you know, leeway and let's right. see how he goes. Now, the season after that, especially if we see that he's all right, that's when it's on. Like, we better yeah. see, like, MVP <laughs> status Otani. But right. I guess we'll have to wait and see until next year. And having this, like, surgery with his knee at the end of the season. I mean, even when the news came out, we ended up being pretty positive about it because it's like now is as good a time as ever for it to happen because he is in this stage of he's not being a two-way player right now and it's actually a decent window for him to have this procedure on something that's been with him his whole life and just get it sorted so that he never has to worry about it again. Yeah, I mean, he certainly feels that too, especially with this quote we have from him, which I'm going to go ahead and call BS on. Otani said, I feel like nothing is set for me. He still feels like he needs to work for a spot in spring training. He's crazy. <laughs> we'll go ahead and say no, bro. You're good. <laughs> Hashtag humble. He also did say that he feels like he'd be ready to go on opening day, just like last year. So... Yeah, he's just being humble and saying he's just ready for next season to start and get to work. Yeah, and the plan for next year is still to have him pitch once a week and then be a DH in the lineup hitting about four times a week, mm -hmm. just as he did in 2018 before all the elbow stuff that happened when he was out and blah, blah, blah. But yeah, and maybe it was good for him to have like a more low-key year after the circus of last year and now he's a lot more settled in dude fully comfortable that's like super crucial like not just about the numbers and the hypes but you want to be comfortable you want to feel at home and we're starting to see that the homie speaking spanish like fully now he's got friends he probably knows the area better so yeah his body needs to be okay but his mental needs to be okay too you know there's psychology in the game always yeah so not a waste of a season at all, just something different and should be exciting next year. For sure. So that wraps it up with Otani. 
let's do a quick speed round of the Angels for 2019. We'll hit some of the major points. Yeah. You want to start us off with some of the good? Yeah, I mean, we'll try to make the best of it, starting with Otani not having any major setbacks. Surgery was done, or two surgeries were done, and it's looking like he'll be ready next year, so that's a good thing. Then we got the likely MVP winner, Mike Trout. Bregman might take it, but I would not be mad at all if Mike Trout takes it, for sure. Yeah, I think Trout deserves it personally, but we're a little biased, I guess. I mean... He did end the season a little short because of a little surgery he had to get done at the end of the year. He's going to be fully healthy just like Otani, but... Yeah, it's like a two-week recovery. But regardless, the boy still ended up with 45 home runs, and we know who wore number 45. Shout out Tyler Skaggs again. And I guess I would put this into a positive as well. Tommy LaStella had a pretty good year. I mean, the dude was an all-star. Future potential all-star, like, they have something good there if they keep him in the team for sure. And Mm -hmm. even though this year, right before the all-star game, which we already knew he made it, he got injured, so he wasn't able to play. But still, pretty good season. We saw what he can do. Yeah, and speaking of young stars, we also got David Fletcher, I think is really underrated in baseball. He has second best contact rate in the league, second lowest strikeout percentage, hit almost 300. Like, he's one of those guys that they're going to build this franchise around. Yeah, he could become, like, the next great utility player, like a Ben Zobris and mm-hmm. Logan Forsyth, where you throw him anywhere on the field and he's going to hit and also catch the ball pretty well. So DJ LeMahieu also. Shout out to the guy who should be the actual MVP, but <laughs> who am I? <laughs> Hot takes only. That's what we do. (laughs) But they also have another young prospect that looks pretty good this year, and that is Griffin Canning, the pitcher. Yeah, only a rookie. Yeah, I mean, the dude showed pretty good potential. We went to his debut game where he pitched pretty well. Against Vlad Jr. It's a night to be alive for sure. (laughs) Uh, Has good stuff. Loses control every now and then, but that's nothing you can't fix, you know? Yeah, for sure. He'll iron it out. And course the angels always need pitching so positive of positives right there yeah and then the last big positive brian goodwin who was a surprise last minute addition he got picked up right at the start of the season after he got dfa'd a few days before it started and he proved to be great fill-in outfielder especially Mm -hmm. after justin upton was out for a while Mm -hmm. and yeah, Goodwin really proved his worth, so won't be surprised if he's back next year. Wouldn't be a bad idea to bring him in, even if he's just a backup outfielder or an occasional DH. Not too expensive either. For the low, low. But there's for sure some major negatives that happened this season. Yeah. Not many of them are new. We've seen them <laughs> many seasons before, but it's one of those things where no matter what, old or new, Still something they had to fix. Mm-hmm. First thing, 18 games under 500. They ended the season 72 and 90. Yeah, first time hitting 90 losses for 20 years. That's a rough one for sure, especially when, again, you have Otani, super special player. You have the best player in Mike Trout, possible MVP. And you're putting up these historic, in a bad way, numbers. Right. I don't know how Mike Trout is happy in the team, but... They need to do something about it really fast. And you could say part of it was out of their control because, once again, they were plagued with injuries. But 
at the same time, not that you can compare them to someone like the Yankees, but if you look at the Yankees, they had tons of injuries all year, but they had the depth of players who, sure, they got lucky with people stepping up, but they still had enough in their roster where, despite injuries, they still were good. I mean, we don't need the Angels to win over 100 games, but mm-hmm. it's another thing to go almost 20 under 500. Need to lose with more respect, I guess. And I guess <laughs> that's pretty much why we learned this past Monday, right after the season ended, literally the day after, that Brad Osmus, after one year with the Angels, was fired. <laughs> Smells fishy to me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they signed him as a coach for a three-year contract, so they're still going to have to pay him for the other two. Mm-hmm. But I guess they feel like going all in for 2020 yeah that's what it seems like right it's for sure weird gives me like nba vibes you know like (laughs) we had something brewing behind the scenes but we weren't ready yet we weren't ready so we had to like make it look differently because why would you give this guy and broad osmus a three-year deal with a questionable team from jump not really his fault i mean to me i don't think he did bad right he just may not be the top guy they want to like lead this charge which kind of also ties into why they might have fired him because there's heavy rumors that joe madden the cubs head coach who just departed their team Mm -hmm. could come to the angels especially since he has over 30 years experience with the organization and that's where it gets weird because you did say he might not be the right guy to lead this charge and what is that you know like this team isn't it so if that rumor is true which i think is highly likely that we see joe madden and red they might be going full in with the wallet and cashing out on the top free agents this offseason yeah so why don't we look at that but also real quick we should also say the pitching coach and bench coach were also fired so that only adds the fuel to the fire but yeah so for free agents Let's just do a quick run-through of some that stand out to us in the positions that they may want to fill. So, obviously, we got to start with pitching. Mm -hmm. And number one, Mr. Obvious, is Southern Cali boy Garrett Cole, who could win the Cy Young this year. Show him the money. Shout out to Shohei. (laughs) It's your podcast. but It's going to be expensive. But here's the thing. Year after year, the Angels have been kind of cheap with... They're spending when it comes to pitching. Exhibit For A, sure. Matt Harvey. Look what happened. Yeah, that was bad. So it's one of those where like, hey, just spend and make it happen. Like, yeah, it's going to cost you, but you're not going to be dealing with what you got out of Harvey. And I mean, to that point, I hope they learned their lesson with that because there are some Matt Harvey-esque pitchers that are going to be on the market. I mean, not quite as bad, but... People on the decline, like Jake Arrieta, Yu Darvish, Bumgarner even, Rick Porcello, you know. Yeah, like, some of those guys are good. Like, you possibly can get a good season out of them. You're not completely sure. Some of them are on and off. Like, they go two good games and then one bad game. Mm -hmm. And again, that's all a gamble. With Garrett Cole, you know what you're getting. He is an elite pitcher. So, for me, give him the money. Like, that's what I'll tell Billy Epler for sure. Yeah. And maybe, like, Dallas Keiko wouldn't be bad either. Ryu would be good, except he'll probably stay with the Dodgers, but... 
Let's move on to relievers. This is another one that's weird. Who do we have out there? Batances, who is coming off a year where he did not play a single game because of injuries. I mean, yeah, the guy has top three nastiest stuff like in the majors. But, I mean, you're going to the Angels who have problems keeping pitchers off the DL. And then you have someone like Chapman. He's going to come with a price because you know what you're going to get from him. Dude throws 100, and he's consistent. Yeah, and will the Yankees resign both of them? I mean, we'll see, I guess. There's a third out there, Kenley Jansen. Again, dude is consistent. Somehow this year has been off. I feel like he could bounce back, but again, that's another gamble. Speaking of players who the Yankees may or may not resign, let's move on to catchers, where we have... Austin Romine as a possibility. Best backup catcher in the majors. Not a fact, but I believe so myself. So It's pretty much a fact. Yeah, I like that. Back me up right there. Um, <laughs> the dude is solid. I believe he can be a starter for probably like 18 of the major league teams. So the Angels are going to have to put up a good offer. And maybe that is putting a good team around him. And maybe that will be the deciding point for him. But there's also the x Matt. Travis Darno, who's a good hitting catcher, decent defensively. Yeah, currently with the Rays. And they always have the safety, too, in Maldonado, who was an angel, was there for part of Otani's rookie year last year, and they were really close. I mean, worst comes to worst, you bring him back. I mean, even as a backup, I would bring him back. They also need a third baseman, though. Two that stand out. Josh Donaldson, the rainmaker, who's killing it in the ATL right now. Yeah, I mean, you want to talk about someone who had been off and on, but now is killing it? He really made a huge comeback this season and proved his worth. And there's also Anthony Rendon from Washington, who actually just got offered a deal. I don't know. I feel like he'll stay there. Yeah, especially with the amount of money they offered, which was over 200 mil. It's going to be tough when you're trying to pay someone like Garrett Cole already, so maybe not. And then I guess the main thing left is select outfielders. Like, they got Trout in center, no problem. Mm -hmm. They got to decide if they want to bring Calhoun back and right. I personally wouldn't. He's super consistent, but I feel like they need just more help for Trout, which is where names like Mookie and J.D. Martinez come up. Mm Mm-hmm. But maybe, depending on how they spend, they can even go another route and dip their hands into their farm system. They do have the number five prospect in all of major leagues, Joe Adele, who's an outfielder. Right. Maybe bring him up and you got a dude that's going to hit like Judge. Yeah. Yankees took a chance. Why can't the Angels? And technically, Mookie isn't a free agent until 2020, but there have been rumors, we'll say, that he's done with the Red Sox. Teams like to get something out of players, especially when they know they're going to leave. Yeah. I mean, Red Sox can make a little bit of a trade for Mookie this upcoming offseason. Mm-hmm. What if the Angels try to work a little deal with the Red Sox and maybe pass on Joe Adele since they don't really know if he's going to pan out or not? Damn. But they got solid year of Mookie, have healthy Trout, healthy Otani. You have La Stella. Simmons is already there. Fletcher. Sounds like a decent team, and you possibly add Garrett Cole. Only risk is you'd only really have that for a year, possibly two. Would you do it? 
Yeah, I would take the risk. It's worth it to have Mookie. I agree. And like we've mentioned plenty of times, you kind of have to make the wheel start going because Trout could be an unhappy player and possibly move to the Philadelphia Phillies if he continues to lose. And And Billy Epler's only got one more year on his current contract, so he's trying to (laughs) save his job. Bro has a loaded gun, and he's just (laughs) firing right now. This will be the last episode we do until spring training. So I guess we'll find out then and bring it up at that point, give a little season preview of what actually happened. And yeah, hopefully Otani has smooth recovery. It's all good to go. 2020, two-way players back. And thanks to everyone who listened this season. We know it's less episodes, but we tried to do that. So each one was like filled with information that mattered instead of just going week to week and trying to figure out Mm. what to talk about. And yeah, so that wraps it up for this episode. If you want to listen to us on another podcast, we do a show called Pros and Cons that's not just about baseball. It's general about all sorts of topics. We talk about the ups and downs, so you can find us there in the off season if you want. Yeah, we know you guys are addicted to our voices, so... Go ahead and tune into that. But yeah, thank you guys for listening. And we'll see you in the spring. Enjoy the baseball playoffs. Let's go Yanks. Peace. Later.